Blackstone Audio presents The Raising, a novel by Laura Kosischke. For Bill We are enmeshed in a sad dilemma when we ask if these apparitions are natural or miraculous. Montague Summers, the vampire, his kith and kin. And all the winds go sighing, for sweet things dying. Christina Rossetti Prologue The scene of the accident was bloodless and beautiful. That was the first word that came to Shelley's mind when she pulled over. Beautiful. The full moon had been caught in the damp, bare branches of an ash tree. It shone down on the girl whose blonde hair was fanned around her face. She lay on her side. Her legs were pressed together, bent at the knees. She looked as if she had leapt, perhaps from that tree or out of the sky, and landed with improbable grace. She was wearing a black dress, and it was pooled around her like a shadow. The boy had already climbed out of the smashed vehicle and crossed a ditch full of dark water to kneel by her side. He seemed about to take her in his arms. He was speaking to her, pushing her hair out of her eyes, gazing into her face. To Shelley, he did not appear panicked. He seemed stunned and rapturous with love. He was kneeling. He was just beginning to slide his arms beneath her body, to cradle or lift her, when Shelley came to her senses long enough to honk the horn of her car. Twice. Three times. He was too far away to hear her, no matter how loudly she might shout. But he heard her honk, her horn, and looked up, startled, confused, as if he had thought that he and the girl were the last two creatures on earth. He was far from Shelley, on the other side of the rain-filled gash, but seemed to wait for her to tell him what to do and Shelley was somehow able to tell him as if they could speak to one another without bothering to speak, as if they could read one another's thoughts. Later, she would consider this. Perhaps she hadn't spoken to him at all, she'd reason, or maybe she'd been shouting and hadn't realized it. However it had happened, Shelley managed to tell the boy, calmly so he would understand, If she's injured, you don't want to move her. We need to wait for the ambulance. This was the one thing Shelley knew about accidents, about injuries. She'd been married for a few years to a doctor, and that detail had stuck. The ambulance? the boy asked. In Shelley's memory, his voice was clear and close, but how could it have been? I called them, Shelley said, from my cell phone. When I saw what happened, he nodded. He understood. What happened? he asked. Who was that? In the car without headlights. Why? I don't know, Shelley said. You ran off the road. Help, he said then. A statement, not a cry. And the bare monosyllable of it was heart-wrenching. A cloud passed over the moon, and Shelley could no longer see him. Hey, she called, but he didn't answer. 
She turned off the engine. She opened her car door. She took off her shoes and waded carefully into the ditch. I'm on my way, she called. Just stay where you are. Don't move the girl. Don't move. The water was surprisingly warm. The mud on the soles of her feet was soft. She slid only once, climbing up the opposite bank. And that must have been when she cut her hand on some piece of chrome torn from the wrecked car, overturned ten feet ahead of them in the road. Or on a shard of broken glass from the windshield. But Shelley didn't feel it at the time. Only after the twin ambulances had flashed and wailed away from the scene would she notice the blood on her hands and realize that it was her own. When she finally climbed out of the ditch and reached the boy and girl, the cloud...